0: This is the POV Hamilton podcast, where we're sharing the Hamilton, Ontario point of view from businesses and entrepreneurship to life sciences and education to arts, culture, and media. Hamilton is thriving, and there are countless stories to be shared of the people, businesses, and organizations making it happen. Here's whose point of view you'll be listening to today. Um, my name is Medora Upal. I am the director of operations at YWCA Hamilton. So YWCA has a long-standing history in Hamilton. We've been here for over 130 years, providing supports to women, children, and their families. In the last few years, we've been really focused on housing and addressing homelessness uh, precarity for uh, women and non-binary and trans folks. We also have uh, a wealth of health and wellness programs in the community. We do employment and training and really work to advance women's economic opportunities within the community. And we have uh, developmental services, childcare, as well as seniors programs. Uh, social enterprise, uh, catering cafe, many, many more things. But uh, th- those are some of the big uh, pieces of work that we deliver in the community. Yep. So over time, we've YWCA Hamilton has had to transition and pivot to meet community needs. That's part of our work as a women-led feminist organization has always been to address the gaps in the community where women, children, their families are falling through and see how we can provide services. And so over 130 years, that's looked different at different times, different decades. But fundamentally, uh, our, from our roots, we've always been delivering housing, We've always been delivering um, education type programs and employment and training programs. And so those are still things that are we do today. Uh, it just looks a little different than what we were delivering because the community looks different than it did 130 years ago. From our experience of working with other YWCA's across the country, the experience in Hamilton really isn't unique. It, it, these are national experiences, how they manifest themselves in each community. Uh, looks a little different based on how our community actually reacts and responds to issues, how accepting they are or how seriously they take their responsibility to address the needs of marginalized populations and and how committed a community is to equity really makes a difference in terms of what you plays out in the ground. So in Hamilton, we have a, a strong community who really is interested, I believe, in social justice and equity work and recognizes that there is still a a significant gap for women in terms of realizing equity in the community. Uh, So where we right now uh, are paying particular attention and focus is on housing and homelessness, where we see there's a huge gap um, and a huge need for uh, women, trans and non-binary folks. Uh, We also see that as a significant issue for those who are fleeing domestic violence um, or gender based violence, and that gender based violence is still a, a dominant issue in our community that gets underreported and underrepresented. Advancing it, women in the economy is a critical component, we think, of supporting women in reaching equity, but also being able to exit um, housing insecurity and also exiting uh, gender based violence, right? You have more protections the more uh, economically secure you are. And so we're still really committed to finding ways to do that. Part of that is advancing women's opportunity in non-traditional occupations where there's more income opportunities for them, but they have been marginalized and it's been more focused on, you know, supporting cisgendered males uh, and it's been designed and effective for cisgendered males. And so we're trying to create space for women and and non-binary and trans people within uh, the STEM fields, within um, trades where we've got active pre-apprenticeship programs and we're looking at innovation and technology as well as opportunities to advance skills and then another piece of this is childcare. care um, you know access to child care is going to be a key uh, way for women and people who are really caregivers within families to be able to access equity and economic opportunity without childcare, it just falls apart those are some of the Big pieces that we're really committed to working on um, right now, and, uh, and and again, it's a local issue, but there is it is a national issue. It's hard to piece out what what's really about Hamilton and what really isn't being affected by sort of ma- macro um, macroeconomics and and large scale national problems. Yeah, so the real challenges are that there is an increasing amount of gender-based violence going on in our community. We've seen a rise of that in the pandemic. They called it, you know, referenced it globally as the shadow pandemic. I think we've been, um, understand. we as an organization, YWCA Hamilton has understood that violence, uh, gender-based violence has been um, a, cha- a challenge, an issue that's been, you know, not uh, given enough attention. And so that, it it creates a significant barrier uh, just to feeling um, able to do anything and to get moved beyond one situation when you're dealing um, daily with gender-based violence, whether that's sexual assault, the trauma of sexual assault, ongoing uh, domestic violence at home or uh, sexual harassment at work. So that's that's a key issue for us. Uh, In terms of uh, housing uh, precarity, We've certainly seen a rise of that. We have been well aware for a number of years that women's homelessness is not being appropriately addressed within the community. There isn't enough affordable housing. And we've known that there's a lot more women out there who are homeless, than more, more than we understand in terms of the numbers that have been counted technically by the government. Uh, and we have some recognition of that now. And last year, a report released by the city indicated that uh, it was 53% of people experiencing homelessness were women, which is more in line uh, with uh, what we understood to be the problem. And so there's there's uh, continuously this challenge of women having just literally nowhere to go. And then we have this problem of our shelters are full. And the additional spaces that had been uh, were created to support uh, women through the pandemic to have housing have um, reduced or changed in such a way that it's not meeting the needs of a lot of women in the community. From there, there's no exit strategy into affordable housing. So we're trying to create and facilitate those kinds of exit strategies. So moving out of homelessness into affordable housing and then moving beyond a point where affordable housing really isn't the issue and you can actually exit and access uh, you know, some kind of sustainable independent livelihood. Um, that allows you to to live and function you know healthy for the long term and age well. so those are those are the pieces we keep coming up against. I think that there's also this piece of the you know who dominates the conversation, who's in power? Uh, you know that's a local issue for sure, but it's also a national issue. We continue to see an underrepresentation in leadership, in key uh, government positions as well as in elected positions of people who look like the community. We can say there's a growing number of women, certainly in federal politics, we're seeing that play out, but the, but we are seeing a lack of, of representation of people with disabilities, um, racialized people, trans, uh, non-binary and queer people. Uh, so that when we're not seeing people who really represent the community in those leadership um, positions, we're seeing that people then get left behind in decision making and planning. In terms of impact, Uh, that YWCA Hamilton is making, we're seeing roughly 10,000 people a year accessing services. And and they're accessing and have needs throughout their lifespan. So whether it's from childcare to becoming a senior and needing support, there's a whole range of needs that are being unmet in the community. You know, this year we saw uh, over 700 women uh, coming in who had no place to go. Um, seeking beds at night uh, because all the shelters were full or they couldn't access the shelter system. And um, they were, you know, anyone who has no place to go at 10 o'clock at night is probably in an unsafe situation, right? So we see a lot of violence. We hear women telling us that if we didn't have the doors open, they don't know if they would have survived the night. And those are really hard stories to hear. We've had some real um, tragedies, women dying from uh, opioid overdoses. We've had increase in deaths um, and increase in what we're calling, you know, what's called drug poisoning happening in the community. It's really interesting when uh, women come into our services, we have, uh, you know, immigration and settlement services as well. When we see women coming in, they really don't know where to go for help and where they can talk to somebody and where it's going to be safe for them. And I think that one of the important pieces we provide is that safety and assurance of confidentiality and that their voices are being heard. And then that we're not just providing the service they need in the moment, but then we're also part of advocating and calling out and demanding you know, a better response and, and people to listen to these needs and to address uh, the issues that we're hearing about on the ground. I think it's really hard uh, right now to be a nonprofit service-oriented agency and not engage in social justice advocacy work. You have to do both because nothing gets addressed. Nothing changes without that key advocacy. <laughs> The Putman family, YWCA, is um, a a dream that happened. It took us a while to get there, but what we said, we have uh, had a building on Ottawa Street that was over 90 years old and, uh, you know, went through a number of iterations over those 90 years to meet, address the community needs, because that's what we do as YWCA, so you know, there was a call out, there was no space for women to swim in the community. So we built a pool. That need changed over the years. And so the the kind of function and purpose, the pool, the gymnasium, the spaces we had at Ottawa Street, no longer quite fitted the need of the community. We talked to the community, we heard they needed space for youth, they wanted affordable housing in their community. They need still needed community space, but housing was recognized as a a key component of what the needs were in the community. And so we set out to build 50 affordable housing units along with community service space. And we've completed um, that construction. And so now we have um, 50 units of one bedroom, two bedroom and three bedroom apartments, all um, at an affordable level. 15 of those units are dedicated for uh, women, non-binary and trans folks with developmental disabilities. And the other units are for um, women-led families and single women, non-binary and trans people. We've got uh, people living in the building now since 2021, started to move in, um, and we're starting to fill up all the uh, spaces. It's a space um, where we've provided as well 20 of those units have been prioritized for um, indigenous people and then the other units um, are going to the broader community but specifically those who are fleeing violence and are dealing with homelessness so it's a very particular type of affordable housing and population we're trying to support again those who are underserved and and, um, have some of the highest needs in the community and then in that space we've got our 55 plus active living center. And that's a space for people 55 years and older, or what I've referred to uh, as seniors uh, coming in to gather and, uh, you know, to to socialize, to do um, health promotion programs, um, and to just maintain um, community connection. And then we have an innovation center. And that innovation center supports uh, women who are uh, looking to build skills in technology, advanced manufacturing. Uh, We also have a pre-apprenticeship program and we have a women's enterprise center. And uh, the women's enterprise center, it's an opportunity for uh, women to build and advance small businesses. And there's a youth hub as well. Uh, We're looking forward to bringing in youth into the program. And over the summer, we'll be having a girls camp Uh, run out of the space. So it's going to be a pretty busy and active space. Um, And, um, you know, COVID's limited our ability to open up uh, broadly to the public, but we've already started offering programs and housing people, and it's a really exciting time. You know, you get, it's exhausting to day after day, year after year, bring women into programs and services and hear the desperate struggles and not be able to offer long-term solutions, only temporary solutions through our emergency shelter system or through our transitional housing or through other types of supports and services that really then don't address some fundamental needs. And then when you are able to open the doors and show them the apartment that they're going to live in, and that is going to be theirs, you know, and, and see that the relief and the look of amazement and pride and have that experience is so rewarding. And it's so exciting for us to be able to provide that. And so we actually long term, you know, going future oriented, um, we're thinking we want to do more of that. We want to do more affordable housing. We want to continue to address the foundational issues that create poverty and homelessness, and also provide those solutions that really start to move women out of of, um, inequality and towards equity, where they have real opportunities. And we we can really start to, to raise women up instead of just forcing them to live in survival mode and in crisis and constantly struggling. So that's where our future is as an organization is to work creating more of these opportunities for women. Community support has been absolutely essential to YWCA Hamilton's survival. We've been fortunate over these last years to have strong um, government uh, relationships and contracts through different levels of government. But honestly, without the community support, whether it's volunteering or fundraising for us, we couldn't do, we couldn't deliver what we're delivering today. Right now for the Putman family, uh, YWCA, we're trying to raise through the community $1.5 million towards this huge undertaking because building affordable housing is not an inexpensive endeavor and is not 100% funded through government. So we really need the community to step up and support what we're doing. And we've had a lot of great support. So the Putman family, for example, came through with a million dollars for the building. We've had other incredible sponsors and donors We've had people have been with us for a while now supporting our different ventures, including Aaron Dunham and Peter Van Dyke, who are the head of our capital campaign, but have been longtime supporters of our social enterprise and in general, our work at YWCA, um, who have stepped up and really supported um, helping us raise money for Putman Family and YWCA, as well as contributing their own dollars to it. So right now, we, we are asking the community, if, if there's people who have you know, 10,000 or bigger donations to give, we're here to receive them. But really, we're also asking the community, if you have $10, you know $25, $50 to contribute, we'd love to see that. And we have an incredible group of volunteers um, in the community who are putting together little different events to fundraise. Um, to get friends and family engaged and help raise money. Um, So we're excited about that. But getting to close the 1.5 million gap is a huge undertaking. And we're going to need a lot of support out there. So if people do believe in our mission and vision and the work we've done, this is a great opportunity to contribute. I think the future for Hamilton could be very bright if we uh, focus on uh, becoming a more compassionate community. Uh, I think there's an opportunity for us to uh, really make a mark and really support people through building and building and building more affordable housing in this community. we are are hugely behind the mark. We have a lot of catching up and work to do. and to get that happening, we have to understand, that we are economically disadvantaged in our community when people are living on the streets and moving in and out of shelters constantly and our shelters are over capacity. That is not a strong situation uh, for any uh, community to be in um, economically. You you, You want people housed and then you want them contributing to the economy. Well, you can't do that if you leave people behind. So we've got to build and commit to building affordable housing. And I think that's possible if we um, focus on our compassion um, as a community. I also think we have to be prepared and understand that critical issues are occurring, uh, that they're not going to go away if we don't address them. And there are going to be more community crises more global um, national crises that we're going to face as community, we need to be better prepared to address it. One of the challenges uh, in these last two years has been so much of what we've been talking about as being the problems within our community became completely unmanageable in a pandemic situation. And we could have done better to prevent that from happening. To me, it's about actually addressing uh, some of these critical issues and closing the gap. And not, you know, just pretending uh, they'll just go away on their own. And I think that that's been part of the responses. We, you know, we know gender-based violence. We know homelessness is a problem, but we just don't have enough money or appetite to address those solutions. And I think we have to stop thinking that way and realize that if we don't address these problems now, we're going to be in a worse situation down the road. And we're a better and more caring community than that. You know, the people who come forward to support Putman Family YWCA have genuine compassion. They don't always understand all the issues. They're not always people who have had the experience of, you know, fleeing violent situations or living on the streets. But they're people who care. And I think that's where we need to focus in on these that that care and that compassion, and appreciate that we need to respond and address these problems, and not them let them linger on because we're all going to pay the price down the road if we don't address them now. We have a hashtag #WomenBuildHamilton, and you can find us uh, more information about Putman Family YWCA at #WomenBuildHamilton, and. Uh, The other place is uh, ywcahamilton.org, and you can find out more about the program services we deliver, uh, where we have lots of different kinds of activities and and opportunities for the community to engage with us. Um, Coming up in this fall, September, we have Walk a Mile in Her Shoes. It's an event people really enjoy getting involved in, uh, and you can find out more on our website. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode, and please consider rating and reviewing as it helps others to find the show. For more information or to listen to past episodes, go to povhamilton.com.